Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Bibles this morning, opening them up with me for a few moments. I want to go to um, the book of Ezekiel this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to go to a very, very familiar passage of Scripture this morning. A story that many probably have read and just believe in God just to to just speak through it this morning and hopefully shed some new light. I believe that there's a word of hope in the house this morning. Even when we sing that he's good, that's hope right there, that God is good. Things are tough, but God is good. I don't have all the answers, but God is good. And so I believe that the Lord has given me a word of hope this morning. And I'm, 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 I'm excited to share it. So let's get right into it. Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. And it says, the hand of the Lord, <clears throat> the hand of the Lord came upon me. This is Ezekiel the prophet talking. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you will live and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I do this, you're going to know that it was me that did it. And he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews, the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Huh, it's funny. Notice that. Uh, sounded good, didn't it? And then he says, there was no breath in them. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. I know I told you to speak to the bones, but now I need you to speak to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, what, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet. Notice this, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. And um, then it goes on. I'm going to finish these couple too. I know I'm reading a lot. Therefore prophesy and say to them. Thus saith the Lord God. Notice what the people said. They said our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. <clears throat> and therefore prophesy and say to them. Thus saith the Lord God. Behold my people. I will open. Listen at God. I will open your graves. And cause you to come up from your graves. 
and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. I love that God performs what he speaks. If he speaks it, he'll perform it. If he declares it, it's set in motion and it's set in action and it will come to pass. Because the Bible said, when my word goes out, it shall, it will accomplish that in which I please. When I send it on a mission, it will not stop until that mission is complete and it will not return until me void. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on this subject or title, From Bones to Breath. From Bones to Breath. The Bible said in this story, you have the prophet Ezekiel. In a vision, he said that God came down and placed his hand upon him. And he took the prophet um, Ezekiel and he took him down, the scripture said, into a valley of dry bones. The Bible said that he looked around and he was, as he began to survey the entire area in that whole valley, all he saw was bones. All he saw was the remains of what used to be. All he saw was just scattered. And, and, and if you study it out, many said it was nothing more than a graveyard. It was nothing more than just remains and dust and dirt of just bones. It was it typified or, or it was symbolic of Israel being in exile. They had been in exile. They had been, been devastated. They had been in captivity. And as a result of this exile and captivity, they were all disfragmented. They were all separated. They were all uh, discombobulated, if you would. And, and they were just left for dead. All the potential and all the intent and all the power was no longer available unto them or no longer operating in their existence due to the state that they're in. And the Bible said, notice in verse 11, Notice what they said. Note, notice the mindset that had set in when they looked at their, their present situation. The Bible said the cry of their heart in verse 11. They said these bones represent us. These bones are dry. And notice what he said. Our hope is lost and we're cut off. In essence, they were saying that we're, we're in a bad place. We're in a messed up place. We've never been in such condition like we're in now. We've never been in such state that we're in. And even to the point, the Bible said their hope was lost. They said, I believe that this is it. Uh, this situation, I've been through many things before. I've had previous experiences. But this particular thing has hit us and it's left such devastation to our lives, to our homes, to our families, to our dreams, to our visions, to our business. This particular situation has just scattered our lives to the point that no matter how hard I look and no matter how hard I try to muster up, I just feel like there. There is no hope for this situation to turn around. I want to tell you this, that Ezekiel's vision is actually some people's reality this morning. There are people even may have walked in this room this morning that you have bones for a situation. Maybe the marriage seems like nothing more than bones.
Maybe you've hit a a hard year in business and it seems like it's nothing but bones. Maybe you're struggling with issues and circumstances and and overwhelmed and maybe fear and torment and depression and anxiety and worry have tried to overtake you. You have found yourself in a place that you've never been before. You're up against things that that you've never faced before. For some, you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and all odds are against you and it is the enemy's assignment it is hell's target in this moment in time to do whatever he can satan ever he can to tell you that your temporary place is going to be your permanent place because while while the scripture and the text describes the condition that they are in but the context of the text is a message of hope that they'll be restored from the position that they're in and just as ezekiel God touched Ezekiel and brought him down into a place and he said I want you to see this situation I know it looks bad I know it looks messed up I know right now for some of you in this room even uh, you tried everything you possibly could try you've made phone calls and you talked to every person that you could possibly talk to you've pulled every string you've sent every text you've had every email and every meeting but seemingly nothing comes together everything is still fragmented and the enemy is whispering give up there's no use throw in the towel all hope is gone But I'm here to declare this morning that we serve a God that is good. I'm here to declare this morning that I don't care how bad things may seem. And even right now, you may can't even see your way out. But I'm believing by the end of this service, in Jesus' name, you're going to be so infused with hope and faith that you will stand. You may have walked in here down, but in Jesus' name, you're walking out up. You're walking out in faith. You're walking out in hope. You're walking out with expectation, knowing that this temporary place that I'm in will not be my permanent place because I serve a God of hope. You can, you can lose a lot of things, but it's, you must be careful to never lose hope. I found this little thing. Uh, it said, what does hope do for mankind? Hope shines brightest when the hour is darkest. Hope motivates when discouragement comes. Hope energizes when the body is tired. Hope sweetens while bitterness bites. Hope sings while all melodies are gone. Hope believes when evidence is eliminated. Hope listens for answers when no one is talking. Hope climbs over obstacles when no one is helping. Hope endures hardship when no one is caring. Hope smiles confidently when no one is laughing. Hope reaches for answers when no one is asking. Hope presses toward victory when no one is encouraging. Hope dares to give when no one is sharing. Hope brings the victory when no one is winning. Whatever you do, don't lose hope. And he said to the prophet, as I would say to many of you, he brought him down. And notice he asked him the question. God's words to the prophet. Notice what he said. He said, son of man. He said, can these bones live again? I'm asking you, can these bones live again? And the prophet said, I like it. He said, it's not that he, he said, Lord, only you know. You know what he was saying? Lord, if this situation is going to turn around, you're the only one that can turn it around. 
See, understand if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go from 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 bones to breath, the first thing that you gotta really realize that you gotta admit that I can't do this in my own strength. He said, if this is going to happen, if this is going to take place, God, only you can do it. Because this mess that I'm in is going to take the supernatural. This mess that I'm in is going to take the miraculous. This situation I'm faced with is going to take a divine reversal from heaven. With man, it is impossible. But with you, God, all things are possible. You're going to have to do it. Understand when he said, notice he was very specific. He said, can these bones live again? Think about what he was saying. I believe he was pointing to him. He said, I want you to look at it. Can these bones, I want you to see them for what they are. I believe he was dealing with the prophet's perspective. He was saying, how do you see these bones? Because in reality, as we read the entire text, although Ezekiel saw bones, God saw an army. Because your perspective is important. When you're going from bones to breath, your perspective is important when you seem overwhelmed and and the odds are stacked against you. And what he was saying, I need you to see this how I see it. I don't need you to see it from your perspective, but I need you to see it from my perspective. Uh, Understand if anyone has flown in here ever on an airplane, and I'm sure many of you have, the vision that you have on the runway is totally different from the vision that you have when you're up in the sky. Because the higher you go, come on, the more you get to see and the bigger the picture becomes. Well, the Bible tells us that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the worst thing that we could do And when we're facing crisis and hardships and struggle is to drop our head in pity and defeat. See, we're see the Bible says we're eagles, not chickens. When you know what chickens do, chickens heads are constantly in the dirt. They're constantly in the ground. But the Bible said we were created to soar like eagles. What I'm trying to tell you, get your head up this morning. Your nature is not a chicken. It's not time for you to be afraid and scared and draw back. But this is the moment that God can give you breath under your wings and cause you to fly and soar again and see things from his perspective. Understand, I thought about it. No, listen to this. I thought about the story of this little guy. Watch this. There was a little guy at a baseball game. A little league game was taking place. And there was a man that walked up to the little stadium. I'll say it was the great part. Let's use that. Kind of relative. And he looked down and he talked to, he touched a little boy on the shoulder and he said, Hey, little man, he said, I was just walking by and noticed the game. He goes, Who's winning? And the little boy said, We're losing. We're down 18 to nothing. And the little, and the man said, My Lord. He said, Boy, must you be discouraged? He said, Discouraged for what? We haven't got up to bat yet. (laughs) See, it was the difference in perspective. See, what that man saw was defeat. But what that little boy in the dugout saw was a comeback. He said, it looks like defeat to you. But it's look, but for me, this is an opportunity for a comeback. I want to tell somebody, the score may be against you. You may seem like hell has got the upper hand on your life. But I dare you to declare this morning, it might look like defeat to you. But I serve a God that can bring me back from a huge deficit and raise me back up to where he's called me to be (laughs) 
prophet's words to God. And he said, so I answered, oh Lord, God, you know. And then the Bible said this. Watch this. He came to the bones. Now I want to talk to you about these bones. Because if we're going to go from bones to breath, I want to share some different things about these bones. The first thing I want to draw out if you're taking notes, the problem of the bones. The problem of the bones. Notice the Bible said the first thing it said about the bones that there were many. There were many bones. You know what it represents? It represents multiple problems. There wasn't just five bones or ten bones. That valley was bones were everywhere. And it represents multiple problems. It represents multiple issues. It represents not, I'm not just battling with one thing. I'm not just battling with two things. But it seems like I have all these things, as Joseph said, is coming against me. Have you ever been in a season where it seems like you're over here trying to fix this and then something happens over here and you're trying to fix this and this is going crazy. You got enough issues in your marriage. Now your boss is acting funny at work. And then you get to work you leave work and now somebody want to cut you off and curse you out down on the five freeway then you get a phone call that your kid got in trouble come on somebody then then one thing multiple problem he said there were so many bones there was bones bones everywhere multiple problems but i want to tell you about multiple problems i don't care how many problems that you're facing i don't care what's stacked up against you my god i want to get hope in somebody this morning I don't care because here's the reality. God knows how to deal with multiple problems. How do you know that? Because the scripture tells me in the book of Mark, there was a man that was full of legion, which means he had 6,000 devils on the inside of him. You think you got problems. Imagine 6,000 devils up inside of you going crazy. That's, that's 6,000 problems that he was dealing with. And notice the scripture said, where did he walk? He walked among the tombs. He was up in the bones. The Bible said no man can bind him. No man could help him. They tried to put chains on him and he would break it because you know why? It was a situation that no man could ever fix. It wasn't going to take a natural thing to get him out of the situation that he was in. But the Bible said that when he saw Jesus, he ran and worshiped and he fell at his feet and 6,000 problems that had tormented him for years were gone in a matter of seconds. I want you to know that your problems have to bow down to the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. Does anybody believe he can deal with multiple issues? The Bible said they were dry. Not only were there many, but they were dry. The bones were dry, which means they had been there for a long time. They had been in that state for a while. They had gotten dry. They had gotten bleached. It represents when things haven't changed for a while. You've been in that same state for a long, long time. And nothing seemingly changes. But here's the thing we got to be careful. I found even myself having to overcome this multiple, even admit multiple times in my life. If you're not careful, if you're battling or in a situation for a long period of time. If you're not careful, you'll begin to accept that's the way that it is. You'll, you'll listen, you'll begin to allow, allow the, see, when we say identity crisis, I want to flip it and say crisis identity. Because when you're in a crisis or a situation so long, the crisis will try to define you. And if you've been there in that for so long, now you begin to define yourself 
by what you're going through. You begin to identify who you are with your experience. But what you have to understand, your crisis don't define you. Your Christ defines you. And I am who I am in him regardless of what I'm going through. And some of you, you need to quit letting your crisis define you. Just because you've done it don't mean you are it. I I have a problem sometimes. I have a problem when when people come up and try to be a false sense of humility. Excuse me if you ever did this. But, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, keep calling yourself a sinner then. And it sounds religious. It sounds humble. But, but what I'm a sin. So what do you mean? You habitually keep on saying? I mean, what are you saying? No, no, that's not who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't call me that. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm flawless. But the Bible said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. The Bible said they were very dry. I want to say this. Can God deal? With situations that have been lingering a long way. Absolutely. I thought about Lazarus. The Bible said that they called for Jesus. And he didn't come when, they, when he thought. that they, He didn't come when they thought he should have came. They got upset with Jesus. They said, Lord, if you would have just came when we asked you to. If you would have just done what we needed you to do when we wanted you to do. Anybody ever been in that position? If you would have just came on my time frame and on my time watching. In my, then, then, then we would never be in this position. But Jesus, you just had to wait. And the Bible said he came up to the tomb. They were faced with bones again. To the point where Jesus said, remove the tomb. Martha said, oh Lord, we removed that tomb. Do you understand that it would stink? And what she was saying, he's been there for a while now, Jesus. That he started to stink. Notice the Bible. See, I believe the Bible puts stuff in there for a reason. Stench. I don't know why you want me to remove it. Because now he's stinking. This situation is stinking. This dilemma, it's been so long now it stinks. In other words, saying there's no hope. But see, unfortunately, she drew her conclusions based upon her senses. Notice she took a smell and said it's over. Pastor Franklin says this. He says, your five senses are good evangelists for unbelief. In other words, she drew conclusions based on her senses instead of, come on, standing in faith and holding on to her Savior. What have you concluded that can't live based on what you see, you smell, you touch, you feel, and what you heard? Are you giving more way to your senses or are you holding on to your Savior? Because your Savior says, I don't care how bad it smells. I don't care how bad it stinks. When I step into the situation, I am the resurrection and the life and though it may look like bones and it stink I can call your last I don't know what your Lazarus is this morning but I believe that we serve a God that can call it out of the tomb it can call you out of bondage it can call you out of addiction it can call you out of darkness it can call you out of struggle and addi- because we serve a God that says I am the resurrection and life the bones were many the bones were very dry I want to move on They were in a valley, the scripture said. But notice what he said. He said, I need you to prophesy to the bones. Notice what he said 
Again, he said, prophesy to these bones and say, hear the word of the Lord. And verse 7 said, so I prophesied as I commanded. Uh, before I get in this, because I want to teach some, He said, so I prophesied as I commanded. In other words, there was obedience before his speaking. Uh-oh. Because if we're not careful, we'll do a whole lot of speaking. And we wonder why our speaking isn't changing. You can't speak and be in disobedience. First, speak to your disobedience. And when your disobedience get in order, come on, then you can speak to your devil. Because I, that grabbed me. I obeyed his command and then I spoke. I had to have obedience first because we want, we want, to, we want to speak and we want to declare and we want to proclaim, but we're living in sin. And so we expect God to overlook our sin and still give us the blessing. But no, 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 no. I'm going to first say, Lord, let me speak to my life. Help me to be in the right place in you. Cleanse me. Wash me. Purge me. Before I start speaking to it, I'm going to start speaking to me to make sure I'm in the right place with you. And if I'm in the right place with you, now I can prophesy to the bones. Now I can declare what you have said. And notice what he said. He said, you need to say to your bones what your mama said to say. Say to your bones what your boss said to say. Say to your bones what your wife said to say or your children said to say. No, he said, only thing that you need to speak to your situation is what I'm speaking about your situation. I have a question this morning. What are you saying about the circumstances that you're in? What are you speaking over that dilemma? Or is it, your, is it, is it his words or your opinions? Is it his words or your feelings? Is it his words or your emotions? Is it his words or everybody else's words? Because see, the prophet understood the power of declaring what God says because he understood it's his word that is spirit and in life it's his word come on somebody that when his word is spoken under the unction of the holy spirit power is released do you understand in the beginning that the difference between chaos and creation was the word of god being spoke Okay, you need, you need scripture. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. It had, it, without form and void, it was a bunch of bones. It was dead. It was dry. But the Bible said the spirit of God hovered over the waters. And when the word was spoke, creation came out of chaos. The only difference, could it be that the only difference between you and your breakthrough is the words you speak? The Bible said we are snared by the words of our mind. Your words can keep you in bondage, but then it said the words of the upright shall deliver them. You can stay in bondage by your words or you can walk in freedom by your words. Your words will determine your destiny. Say what he said and not what you think. Come on, give, give God a, a big praise and I'll move on. Too many of us are not saying what God is saying. We're saying what social media is saying. I'm going to get on it. We're saying what CNN is saying, Fox is saying, Facebook is saying. Oh, way with it. Can I tell you, the, everybody can say what they want to say, speak what they want to speak. But the Bible said the heaven and earth shall pass away. But this is the only word that's going to stand forever. Make sure you're saying what that's saying.
He said, speak. And notice the progression. The Bible said this. Notice that. He said, speak to it. And then notice, after the prophecy of the bones, there was a progression. There was the process of the progression of the bones. Watch this. The Bible said when he prophesied and when he spoke and he began to declare what God says, the first thing there was a noise. Did you catch that? There was a noise. 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 That word noise. I looked it up. It said, it, it said a loud sound, a loud shouting or an outcry. If you're going to go from bones to breath, you got to understand after I've prayed, after I've declared, you need to follow it up with praise and worship. Notice a noise. What do you mean, Javon? Is that true? Yes, because the Bible says this in Psalms 98. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing. Did you hear? It said your, your noise ought to be joyful. Watch this. And your noise ought to be loud. Because see, here's the problem some of us only praise when we get the promise but you got to learn to praise before you get the promise David said I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continue to be in my mouth in other words my praise is not contingent my praise is continual and he said there was a noise there was a shake and a rattling. It said a shaking and a rattling. So it was shaking, a rattling. Then there was shaking. And I thought about the shaking. Those bones had to get the dust off of them. Those bones had to begin to stuff still piled on them. But in other words, they had to, they had to stir themselves. Sometimes I've learned the Bible said God sent Jonathan to encourage David. But then the Bible said there came a day. When David was facing a bunch of bones, he had to encourage himself. Sometimes you got to shake yourself. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Sometimes you just got to prophesy to yourself. I got to get up from this. I can't stay here. I got to shake this. This is not who I am. This is what I, what I was called to be. I got to shake myself. Remember Jesus said this. I taught a whole sermon on. He, he told the disciples. He said if you're going to step into the new city. You got to shake off the dust from the previous city. You can't go into breath from bones. Unless you shake the dust off of what used to be. But then here we go. He said there was a coming together. The bones came together. If you're going to go from bones to breath. It's going to require unity. Unity. Oh God, do we need unity? They came together. Unity. The Bible said, if a house divided against itself, it shall not stand. I'm going to be honest. My heart breaks right now. My heart breaks and I cry out every day and I bind it every day. The strategy of the enemy, especially during these times of election and everything else. And see, what we don't, we're not recognizing the strategy of hell. We're letting stuff distract us and hell's coming through the back door. And we don't see the strategy of a spirit of discord and strife and contention that he's trying to weave in to the body of Christ. We got folk that's been best friends forever and now you're not talking to each other because you have political differences. Oh, I know you don't want to hear it this morning. 
You've been loving each other and, and, and hanging out with each other. And now you got a difference in opinion. You're going to let what years of relationship and love and support break you apart. That's a spirit. It's the enemy. Because he knows the power of our unity when we come together as the church. Let me tell you, I tell couples this all the time. Listen, because we got we to gotta agree to disagree. And it's just this simple. We're not going to, we can disagree on what we're going to eat. But we have to agree that we're going to eat together. In other words, it's a small issue if you want pizza and I want a hamburger. We're not going get, to get, get all messed up because we have a difference of appetite. Because the bigger issue is that we sit down and eat together. Listen, have your opinion all you want to. There's a bigger issue called the kingdom of God. And we got to be willing to come into the house of God with one spirit, with one unity, and eat together. I'm going to tell you, because the Bible said, when I see my, my children in unity, there the anointing will flow. There I'll command the blessing, the blessing that America needs is a unified church we cannot walk in disunity I find that spirit I come against it I pull it down in Jesus mighty name one can set a thousand and fly two ten thousand oh come on somebody walk in agreement walk in unity lay our differences aside come let us reason together and let's advance the kingdom of God give Jesus a shout of praise end on this those bones all stood up they joined together let me just say this they joined together the Bible said every joint supplies there was a supply of anointing and power that was released when there was joints not individual bones it ain't about you individually it ain't about me individually that's not the kingdom. Little eyes and no, no. It's the we. This is how we talk. Us, we, us, we, our. Not. Oh, is anybody hearing me? Because what happens? No, I want you instead. Because I want to be specific. You okay? Come here, Alan. Not Alan. Yeah, Leroy. Come around here. Turn around. Thank you. The Bible says when we when a joint comes together it said yeah you can do some stuff like that but when this happens that, that right there there's a supply of grace that is released there's a power that flows because each one of us has individual contribution but there's a power in our corporate unity and God forbid that we gather gather corporately but be divided spiritually because it's in this connection that we can do more than we ever done before. And the reason why I purposely said it, because you notice it's a black man connected with a white man. Oh, I know you don't want to hear because I because it shouldn't matter. That's not the this is what's matter. The joint what matter. His skin don't matter. My skin don't matter. His age don't matter. His culture. This is what matters. The joint matters. This is what matters. This is what bring breakthrough. You are meant for connection. You can't do life on your all by yourself. Get connected within the church. Get connected in groups. 
Get connected in small groups. Get connected in a ministry because our joints supply. Give God a shout of praise. I'm going to end. I'm out of time. But what got this thought from bones to breath is when I read that verse and it says they had bones but there was no breath they had a form they had a look they had a nice clothes nice car nice houses makeup was on point haircut was on point bones bones but no breath Limited capacity, dormant potential, halfway but not full. And what I want to say, the Bible said, He said, prophesy to the four winds. That breath is ruach, is spirit, which says that God has not called us to stay at bones. He doesn't want us to just to remain at the cross, and I'm not I'm not minimizing that, but He wants us to move from the cross to Pentecost. Because these days and times that we're living in, listen, religion is not going to help what we're dealing with today. A form is not going to do it today. Going through the motions of church and, 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 and fake and phony stuff and looking the part and talking the part. It's not going to help what we're in. At some point, you got to make a decision. Decision. I'm going from bones to breath. Bones only going to get you so bones will get you, get you a couple of friends and a little bit of popularity, but it's going to take the anointing. It's going to take the Holy Ghost. If you want power, if you want to move in the supernatural, if you want to see miracles like you say you do, if you want to see the kingdom advance and this world turned around for the glory of God we've got to go from bones to breath we have to get a breath of fresh air come on throw your hands up this morning and say Lord don't leave me at bones take me to breath thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope you were blessed